<coughs> I am Optimus Prime. Welcome to Spoilers, please. Where we have this. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Wait, are you being serious? I, I was trying. I was trying. Is this really the intro? I think it's moving right around. Let's try it again. Welcome to Spoilers, please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies or TV shows, and we'll do so with spoilers. Are you talking half speed? What's going on here? been war. Oh, all right. All right. I guess. All right. Hello, my name is Optimus Prime. I it's not. Hello, my name is Albert. This is Johnny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Autobots roll out. It's yeah, un- that was horrible. I can't it's that. unusual for me to be the normal one in a room. <laughs> So yeah, right. what's the unusual? Uh, you're not the normal one in the room. Yeah, 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 you're, yeah. You're the you're the straight arrow. Right? If you can't tell, we are talking about a movie about robots in disguise. <laughs> in disguise, because they actually are in disguise in this movie. Yes, yeah. yeah. I love how they they had that meta joke in the movie too, where mm-hmm. they actually mentioned that. But yeah, we are talking about Bumblebee. Uh, full disclosure: we did we were lucky once to watch an advanced screening of Bumblebee like two weeks early actually. So um, hopefully there hasn't been any kind of development between this recording and the actual release mm-hmm. because we won't mention those things. Yeah. But but yeah, so we did watch Bumblebee and uh, I guess I should ask Jiaming. Jiaming, what's your normal opinion about the Transformers movies? Uh, the first one I thought was passable. It's good Agreed. for, for Agreed. what it was. It's 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 fine. It's, it's good. Fine, but, it's but good. it wasn't my... My my Transformers eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, on. The second one is probably the worst movie. I, actually, not probably. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater. It's one of the most. Wor- it's one of the mo- worst movie going experiences of my life. It's hot garbage. You know what I mean? And it's the movie that made me swear off Michael Bay movies. I will never watch a uh, new Michael Bay movie uh, in theaters ever again. It's it's one of the worst movie. It's one of the worst movie. It's the worst movie I've seen. Well, uh, for me, the first movie was once again a very passable. I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, Transformers movie, but mm-hmm. it wasn't my my Transformers from the eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I took it for what it was, whatever. And then uh, the second movie was pretty bad. Uh, third movie was okay. The fourth movie was middling. And the fifth movie, I would argue, is even worse than the second movie. And they they don't have the writer strike to blame for that either. Mm-hmm. That was just a horrible movie. Last mm-hmm. night was just a horrible yeah. movie. But and then this movie comes along. Yes, <laughs> Bumblebee yeah. opens up. In a battle scene in Cybertron. What? And I knew, in a Transformers movie? What? And I knew this was going to be my Transformers what? movie. I'm like, what? Cybertron? Really? Wow. That's yeah. A- After all these years of telling Michael Bay, hey, Michael Bay, can can we have Cybertron? And not Cybertron crashing to Earth. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm not sure if you know what the plot for some of the movies. But yeah. Cybertron crashes to Earth. Oh, Jesus but anyways, or goes near Earth. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they actually have what you would expect from... In fact, I believe the... The first episode of the animated series of Transformers in the in the 80s mm-hmm. opens up with Cybertron, with yes. a battle in Cybertron. I believe, I believe it does, And yeah. this one does the same exact thing. All the Transformers look like their 80s counterpart very, in very similar ways. What? Um, you can do G1, Generation 1, uh, Autobot, and Decepticon designs? Really? Yeah. Movie? And, and, what? And... and it was fun watching. Well, was watching Soundwave. Yeah. Watching, watching. Uh, uh, What's is, is it? Shockwave, the one. Shockwave. That, the, the, the gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, left no Megatron. Yeah, that's. Surprising. I heard this. They, they must be saving it. Yeah. It's either that or they're really trying the hardest to try and make it connect with the Michael Bay Transformers. Because hmm. in in that timeline, Mike, Megatron's already in Earth, right? Or something like that. I'm trying. To retcon my life to the point where I those Transformer movies never happened, never existed. Please don't bring it. Don't don't ask me. No. I mean, Bumblebee ends up as the charge as the as the Camaro at the end, like mm-hmm. in the first movie, sure. he was a Camaro. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, but yeah. Oh, but wait, but going back to the Cybertron scene. Wait, you you gonna have Optimus Prime act like a noble uh, warrior and stuff like that, like in the cartoons? Really? Yeah, like a, like a leader and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, all right. It's uh, to me this movie. My my point is it, this movie seems like an absolute refute refute or rebuttal to Michael Bay and yes. his Transformer movies. It's it's damning those Transformer movies. You know what I mean? It's like it's 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 like it's definitely a, a big f you to Michael Bay. Yeah, but I, I think I think Michael Bay took the material differently than 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 um, mm-hmm. what's the guy's name, the director for uh, Travis Knight. Travis Knight mm-hmm. did. Uh, Michael Bay had a movie about humans who encounter alien species who happen to be robots that can transform to vehicles. Mm-hmm. Travis Knight wrote the movie about r- robots who can transform into vehicles who ends up in Earth where the humans are. No, my- That's a whole different direction. Yeah. Well, my, my criticism, my take is more damning. Uh, Michael Bay, uh, Transformers movies lacked lacked humanity, well, lacked empathy, well, human emotions, too. and stuff well, like that. that. And then Travis Knight and the co-writer, I, I forgot, forgot her name. I apologize, but they approached it with, uh, like I said, basic and just de- uh, human decency. You know what I mean? Just right, uh, and right. storytelling and stuff like that. Because all this movie does, this is a, this is a very simple. This is basically this is a basically an '80s Amblin movie. This is basically yeah. Iron Giant. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just done well. It understands human emotions. It understands movie making. It understands pacing, storytelling. It understands design. Because I can actually, I actually recognize. Yeah, I can <laughs> actually tell Decepticons and Autobots apart. I actually know where the head is. I know where the middle body is. I know where the legs are. You know what I mean? I know where the mach- I, when they transform, it makes sense. You know what I mean? The different parts moving and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Just, just like. Basic comp. I'm basic. This is like basic filmmaking, basic storytelling that Michael Bay lacks. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good movie. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, after the credits for the advanced screening, did you see? Did you stick around for the behind I the didn't scenes stick, stuff? I didn't stick. All they did was to show the behind the scenes. Essentially, what Travis Knight has been has been uh, uh, preaching in all his conventions mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. How he wanted to do Generation One. The right. reason why. He wanted to go there was because he wanted to, to, to him to look like generation not completely the same, sure, but very similar to what those designs were. Mm-hmm. Less emphasis on the whole like um, uh, ILM idea that all the parts in the robot mm-hmm. needs to fit somewhere in the vehicle they transform yeah. into. He kind of ignored that. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that in the robots, but he wanted to go back to Gen One where where it, it you can tell their form. Yeah, like every every form looks different. So in a silhouette, you can tell who that robot is. Yeah. And that was one of his emphasis, but especially the Gen One thing. I'll argue out of all the argument, Bumblebee still does not look like his Gen One counterpart. That's my take. No, that doesn't. Yeah, he still does not. Okay, it is there's there's some similarities, but I think it's it's been it's been co-opted by Michael Bay's Bumblebee because yeah. the front of the Volkswagen is supposed to be his feet. Yeah. Okay, I'm being a nerd here, but You're I mean very that's much a nerd. but that's how that's how it's supposed to be from Bumblebee. Yeah. And but I get I get why they they made the changes. And so. to me, the head design is also a, a big giveaway. The head is definitely not uh, the cartoon the, version. The cartoon version. Yeah. Actually, another tr- uh, Autobot has that the design. The one that got killed. On yeah, the, Cliff the Jumper. Yeah, they killed the Cliff Jumper. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh crap! They, they, oh, they killed the Cliff no. Jumper. Slice yeah. him in half too, man. Oh, oh lord. I, I'm not sure if that was the best robot to kill off for this movie. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this movie is not not. Uh, not above killing off robots. Sure, yeah. But but because Cliff Jumper was always the the cynic uh, comedy relief in yeah. the cartoons, and and they kind of lost that character yeah. with with him gone. Sure. So, but hey, I saw I saw gear. I saw um, oh, what's his name? I really forgot. Damn it! Like I saw Ratchet in Cybertron. Yes, so Ratchet. That was great. Yeah. I saw oh, 
He was like one of my favorite characters too. How can I forget his name? The guy, the guy with the, the the wheels. The, yeah, the, the, I have, I have the mechanic guy. Yeah, I ha- I have an opinion. Uh, the Decepticons are more memorable as far as character designs. That's why you don't remember the Autobots that no, much. No, I, I know this guy. He was like he was my Soundwave, Shockwave, the 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 cassette coming out of uh, <laughs> Ravage. Yeah, Ravage. That's all great. That's all great stuff. So it's, it starts with a G. Oh, Gridlock. No, no, Gearhead. See, you're saying Gearhead, but he was that wasn't that's not his name. What was his name? You know what? I have another hot take for you. Those old Transformer movies in, in the 80s, I loved them as a kid. I worshipped them as a kid. But if you go back and look at them, they're the straight, straight garbage. You can't rewatch those movies and stuff like that. So you should adapt them for what, for what, it, for the time you're living in right now. And I think he does a great job. He just basically took uh, the Iron Giant and just adapted the I mean, he took the, the, the Transformers and filtered it through the lens of the Iron Giant and Spielberg movies. And it's great. It's good stuff. I'm just buying you time so you can find the name. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still trying to find it. I, I bet you the payoff's not worth it. Will Jack. There you go. Will Jack. Oh. Didn't start with G at all, did it? Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't start with G after all. Yeah. <laughs> and was it worth it? Was yeah, it for me it, it was. Because right. I, I remember right. now Will Jack. All right. Will Jack. Uh, here's another hot take. <laughs> as far as Autobots, only ones that really matter is Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, and uh, Dinobots. I disagree. I love those animated. And I've seen them, I've seen them multiple times throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Right and and I still like those things. I think they still age decently well for what they were. And uh, no, they're terrible. The animated movie from the eighties is still really good. No, they're terrible. Don't be the Unicron with the uh, with what's his face last performance ever. Uh, Orson Welles. Orson Welles last performance I ever as that. a living planet that eats I we watched that movie uh, maybe a few years ago and it's terrible. It's really bad. You've got the touch. That's Come still on. very emotional. I, I will say this: uh, Optimus Prime's death is still very emotional. Though you got the touch and stuff. That's still a brilliant song. That's still brilliant. But everything else. It's, it's well, I know it's brilliant. It's just it's cheesy, but it's like oh, it's, it's, but you love it for that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, oh, this goes back to my uh, uh, my uh, Spider into Spider Verse thing. One, it's a very old cliche. The new character, the young character, does something idiotic to get the the <laughs> it older does character. In the yeah. movie, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> times. True. <laughs> and one of my favorite moments in this Bumblebee movie is they play. You got to touch. They did. They did. did, they did. They yeah, did. it's brilliant. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. I really, really, just going back to Bumblebee, I really enjoy this movie. The director really understands storytelling, really understands pacing, which, is, which, which I really appreciate. One of my favorite things about this movie is it actually opens, not, not only with Cybertron, but it opens with uh, John Cena's character. You know what I mean? So oh, they, right. I, I think that's a... Really, Wait, what? It doesn't open with John Cena's character. It yeah, opens it with Cybertron. Opens, no, after Cybertron. Oh, saying. you mean like when they first go to Earth? Yeah, when they f- f- first go to Earth. I think that's a really, really smart thing to do. You open up with the quote-unquote heavy bad guy, human bad guy. The, the know, typical Michael Bay character. Right, exactly. But the thing is, unlike Michael Bay, he actually has motivation that makes sense. These robots crash in onto Earth. They, they injured a bunch of his buddies, killed a lot of his buddies. So his motivation for the rest of the movie makes absolute sense. I think, and they do it for, and because he knows he's going to spend the next hour, hour and a half with the the protagonist with uh, Haley Seinfeld, but he wanted to get the the villain, quote unquote, villain, human villain, out of the way right away. And I think that's such a smart, smart thing to do. I that's one of my one of my, and I knew from that scene on, I knew this movie was going to be good. You know, what I, mean? I just knew because I knew this guy, this director and the writers, really, really on the game. Well, it, hel- it helps that Travis Knight did the Leica movies. Yeah. So obviously, he knows how to do storytelling properly. Yeah. Kuba and the Two Strings, whitewashing aside, is a really, really good movie. Really well told, really well executed movie. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And and the thing about the John Cena character, I was thinking that okay, he's gonna be the villain, the main antagonist, mm-hmm. the guy who's the the, the the Captain Ahab to Bumblebee Moby, yeah. Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. But but from the next scene over where he's like 
where where he was like uh, questioning whether to help the Decepticons mm-hmm. or whatnot. He go, oh no, they're going to do a flip. He's going to end up becoming course, like yeah. a, a sympathetic good guy yeah. kind of thing. So so there's that. Uh, the human, some of the human characters are kind of cartoonishly evil though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, after they're done, where you can take them for the spare parts. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm like okay. I mean, here's my whole thing though. I I think. The thing is, the, the the director and the writer, they're not reinventing the wheel here necessarily. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, it's not. This movie is predictable from beginning to end. Of course, John Cena's character will flip and all that. Nothing happened in this movie where I thought, whoa, this is a big giant surprise. Oh, this, you, know, this, you know what I mean? But I don't knock points off for that necessarily. You know what I mean? Because like I said, they're go- they want a, a, a B movie. I'm not, not talking about the, the, like the cheesy B, but like a B quality movie. And they, not a exact- bumblebee Yeah, exactly. Movie? And that's exactly yeah. what the aim is. You know what I mean? They set the expectation here, and they exactly, and that's exactly where they landed. You know what I mean? Like I said, this isn't an ambitious. This isn't very artsy farcy. They're not reinventing the genre and stuff like that. They're just they know exactly what it is. And well, they, they're doing they ET. It. Yeah. They're essentially doing ET. They're yeah. doing the fish out of water story. They're doing the fish out of water story. They're doing the kid from the '80s from the suburbs where the parents are either divorced, or well, in this case, they died and stuff like that. Well, and, one one of them died. One of them died. But you know what I'm saying. But you know, it's like it's like a Spielberg. And then the alien thing comes and comes into into his or her life, and you know, replaces that that parental figure and all that stuff. But yeah, which by like the way is a really good thematic uh, metaphor yes. that, that the movie does. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And like I said, yeah. they know exactly what genre what, what they're playing, and they do it well. Haley Seinfeld is incredible in this movie, man. She, she is. is. Yes. She she has she has so many scenes with basically a tennis ball. You know they always replay they, when they film it. They always they always say they use tennis balls for the CGI character, right? Not a tennis ball. It's not a tennis ball. Now, they got they got somebody really tall mm-hmm. to to play Bumblebee. Yeah, and she has to emote and have all these different emotional scenes with with with, with a pretend character. There. I think she does an incredible job. She I follow her on Instagram. She has to stop doing the the. The 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 the, the music whole, stuff the music stuff and just focus on acting. <laughs> she's a tremendous actress, yeah. man. Yeah, when the first movie I saw her was True Grit. Yeah, she's and, and that, that's when I put the, she was on my radar. Like this is a good actress. Yeah, yeah. She's putting together a great resume. The True Grit. Uh, the other one she's great at is uh, Edge of Seventeen. Yeah, just seventeen. Yeah. yeah, she's really good in that one. And yeah, this yeah. one, like I said, the majority of her scenes with, with, is with nobody, and then she does a great job. Yeah, she feels their connection and stuff like that. You know, it's great. She's great. It is, yeah. But can can we have it where Bumblebee can not almost always die, like every thirty yeah. minutes? It was it was a little too repetitive. Yeah, like I oh agree. look, he's gonna die again. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna die again, and they're gonna get blown. The humans are gonna get blown backwards, and just get up the next minute again. Really? I thought grenades were harsh. I was like, all right, all right. You have to do so many times. The first. This scene is not a perfect movie. Not, not not a perfect yeah, movie, yeah. but but so much better than the Michael Bay movies. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And the thing is, just it's just it's not that hard. They just made a simple story too. It basically, uh, Bumblebee goes to Earth, has to establish a a, 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 a home base there. But he gets amnesia. Yeah, they get amnesia. They do the the Iron Giant thing. You know what I mean? And then the Decepticons come and kill him. And they, at some point, the Decepticons want to put up a radio tower, and Bumblebee has to stop that radio tower. Yeah. and that's it. It's a simple. Yeah, it's story. very simple story. Yeah. It's very grounded. It felt it felt like a movie that didn't have a budget, and this is all the best they can do. Yeah, obviously it has a budget, but yeah. but but. They really didn't want to do the whole like let's try make things epic and blow everything up yeah. like Michael Bay does. They they were just like let's focus on the story 
And most importantly, let's make the audience actually care for the characters. Yeah. Which is something that, that, that Michael Bay doesn't seem to understand. We need to care humanity. about the characters. He doesn't understand humanity. He doesn't understand, he doesn't understand empathy. You ask him to define what, what's empathy. He'll give you, what's that? It's like, you know, it's just like, oh my God. Empathy? Yeah. Is that another different yeah. way of blowing things up? Yeah, like I said. <laughs> just, I think, and, and both of these, uh, uh, Michael Bay's movie and this movie, they were all uh, produced by Spielberg. And I think Spielberg, if you, if you really... You know, put some truth serum in him and stuff like that. He would say, "Yeah, this is a, this is a superior movie. This is the this is I th- I imagine this is what he envisioned a Transformer movie was going to be. Like I said, because this, this is a this is a movie that if you what Spielberg would have directed back in the day. Yeah, you know this I mean? is what he would have done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's the suburbs. Like I said, it's children of divorce or death and stuff like that. Finding uh finding peace and solace through a, a alien creature that comes into their life and stuff like that. It's just it's good stuff. It's just good stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. It, but it does have really good set pieces. I mean, just just the set piece of Bumblebee destroying the house. Mm-hmm. I thought that was very enjoyably yeah. fun to watch. You know, TP. Uh, the, the oh tree. yeah, that the whole the whole sequence. Yeah, that sequence. First of all, would never. Be in a Michael Bay movie because you know. Actually, I couldn't believe that because I mean the first Transformers did have a robot peeing on a human. Yeah, but that's juvenile human. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. That's juvenile, juvenile and, yeah. human stuff like that. Yeah. This is genuinely funny and stuff. This is just genuinely funny. And that sequence that the audience howled in the theater when that when that went down. People laughed and stuff like that. And there's a bit where uh, uh, Bumblebee has to hide behind a, 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 the beach and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. That would never be a Michael Bay movie. It, that would never be. Yeah. And I like how it pays off with the car sequence yeah. where they hid and then he tips over the car he destroyed and hides behind that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yeah. And you're right. The set pieces are, even though uh, Michael Bay's movies are more bombastic and more things going on, the, the set pieces here are great because you, you can follow along like what they're doing. You know what I mean? Right. I know where it, I can tell the difference between each of the, the robots and stuff like that. When they fight, they actually, they looks like they model after like, you know, two humans fighting. You know, it looks like they're doing like, you know, uh, throwing, when they throw elbows, they throw punches and kicks. It looks like human punches and stuff. I, I followed along. It's great. And when Bumblebee does that thing where he releases the water, I, I, I knew exactly what was happening. You know what I mean? I, yeah. You know, and they, they even had the, the, the typical line, you miss. Yeah. And then you were all thinking like, no, he didn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, wait for it. You know, wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's good stuff. I just kind of wish they didn't go with the whole plot trope of like, oh, he lost his voice again. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of wish they didn't do that because yeah. I mean, Dylan O'Brien seemed like he was—he sounded, he sounded like Bumblebee to me. Yeah, great. He sounded like Bumblebee, and then they had to like make him lose his voice. Code. Yeah, in that two-minute sequence in Cybertron, you completely understand the dynamic between Optimus Prime and Bumblebee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Optimus Prime is the la- larger-than-life hero, noble warrior, and stuff, and uh, Bumblebee is a lieutenant. But he's very—he's a—he's a, he's a very efficient fighter and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He's competent and stuff like that. It's—it's it's yeah. good stuff. But but to, but to go with the thematic stru- structure of the movie, Optimus Prime is is who Bumblebee looks up yeah. to, just like how Charlie looks up to her dad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's the, and then and then and then they flipped it where they combine them together, and then Charlie looks up to Bumblebee yeah. or whatnot. So it's all good stuff. All good it's stuff. all good stuff. It, all storytelling. Good stuff. Imagine that, Michael Bay. <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> They told a story. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of this? Is, is what I'm about to say? Is it too on the nose? Too cheesy? Or is it just right? So Charlie's dad dies of a heart attack, right? Correct. You know where I'm going with this? Yeah. And then Bumblebee gets shot, and mm. he has to be revived yeah. with electric paddle. Let's <laughs> yeah. just say paddle. You know what I mean? Like what you would do with a heart attack? Well, is that yeah. too on the nose? 
No, it's very on the nose. I, 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 I want point. I want, I want to say to the audience, clear. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is literally the most brilliant writing ever, the most powerful metaphor, illusion, or whatever. Or it's so cheesy and so on the nose. Eh, yeah. No, but like I said, thematic wise, that that's the structure. Yeah, yeah, you know. But but at the same time, they also kind of want kids to be able to understand what's going yeah. on. So maybe that's part of the reason why sure. there's there's a simplistic touch to it. Yeah. You know, you got the touch. <laughs> you got a power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if whole. Of course, the whole diving thing was was to come at the end. Dude, that that felt so forced in the middle of the movie. Like, hey, she even goes like, "Wait, what's going on over here? What yeah. are they doing? Yeah. Oh no, what they're doing? They're establishing foreshadowing. Yeah. So that later on in the movie, you could do you could do what you can't do in yeah. this scene. Yeah. And by the way, her diving into that that into that. Uh, Bay or whatever in that harbor didn't make a difference to Bumblebee. I don't think you know, like Bumblebee was not going to get up if she didn't jump in the water. You know what I mean? At the very I, end, I, I think I think Bumblebee was ready to give up. That's what he was saying. He was just staying underwater. He he, didn't he wasn't give, gonna he wasn't gonna drown. He didn't give up the other eighty times he got killed in the movie. <laughs> Why would he give up that? Holy mackerel! That is true. <laughs> Holy cow! How many times is he gonna get killed in this, man? <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah, they, they, they take a shot whenever, whenever there's a near miss and Bumblebee dying in this movie. They used to Decepticons are the most vicious hunters, assassins ever, but they couldn't kill Bumblebee. You know what I mean? They literally cut uh, Grit, oh, what was the other guy in half? Cliff Jumper. Cliff Jumper in half and something. Yeah. Like they couldn't do that. Oh, anyway. I, I also like how the Decepticons played it off against against the humans. Yeah. Like, oh, Fred, you know, yeah. kind of thing. It was very smart. Not only that, but John Cena makes the most perfect point. Uh, should we trust them? I mean, they're called Decepticons yeah. for, for for some reason. <laughs> I am scared. Of, uh, uh, I'm scared how great John Cena's comedic timing is. It's it's fantastic. It's 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 really good. He he can deliver a comedic line really really well. That opening sign where he's shooting the the, the paint paintball gun yeah. and the guy he's telling the guy. Their name is Decepticon. We can't trust them. <laughs> and then the, at the scene at the in the middle where uh, uh, the 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 new boyfriend says, "Oh, I stole a library book back in the in back in the sixties or something." And he says, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that almost sounded to me like it was ad lib. I think it's ad lib because the camera cut yeah. so fast after he said that. I think it's ad lib. I think I think it's ad lib. <laughs> John Cena is scary good as as far as de- delivering a, a comedic line and stuff like that. He's really really good. I really enjoy John Cena and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just good stuff. Yeah, he has it all. He's a handsome guy who's really popular and is really funny, very talented. It's, yeah, it's it's not very often where the heavy quote unquote bad guy also pl- plays the comedic relief in some scenes. You know what I mean? It's really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know the last person who was a professional wrestler who was really good in comedy, Andre the Giant. Oh yeah. <laughs> good no, stuff. I wasn't gonna say Hulk Hogan. Hell no, no. I was gonna say The Rock. Actually, I was like, what the heck? Oh yes, The yeah, Rock. The Rock. Yeah, the Rock. Yeah, The Rock's pretty really, yeah. really good too. And the only kind of other thing I, I didn't like about it, uh, about this movie was because it has to toe the line between uh, PG thirteen and action yeah. movie. You, yeah. you know where I'm going with this? Is where they a Decepticon shoots the human. They, they turn into some liquid, some liquid thing. Yeah, it's like, is this comedy? No, the only thing I can think of is that the weapon does that. Yeah, but but. Uh, but but as Come a film, <laughs> but as a film goal, you realize they do that because they can't have they can't show blood or it's gonna be an R movie and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then they could have just done what Christopher Nolan did: do it off camera. Yeah, off camera. Just yeah. do it off camera. Yeah, yeah. Like the first time they do it, uh, when they, when the Decepticons crash, I thought, oh, it's kind of comedic. But the next time they do it, it's kind of supposed to be serious, and it's just yeah. Yeah, I don't take I don't take uh uh, uh human uh, liquid jizz and stuff like that. seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. But don't you think it's actually more disturbing seeing that happen? 
Oh where where you, yeah. you, uh, you the gun literally made the human into water. Yeah, it didn't. It's it sound, it yeah. seemed more disturbing to me than than a person blowing up. I just didn't didn't work. I do like uh, going back to that that the Decepticons first arriving uh, on Earth. I like I like that bit where the guy the guy was more worried about <laughs> <The gun car. laughs> a worried about a car than his wife, and also the guy the Decepticons also crashed into a truck. At no point the guy goes. Hey, what about the truck? What about the driver? Yeah, that? yeah. I, so I, I am glad he got liquefied and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there was that self awareness where, like, yeah. like you said, he was all in concern with the car. Yeah, like there, there's all these things happening around here, but uh, how does he get my car? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I also like the chemistry between do to the two Decepticons. You know, at one point, I and the, unlike Michael Bay movies, the, every character is completely and totally three dimensionally defined. You know what I mean? The 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 lady Decepticon scatter, she. She was the leader and stuff like that. Right. And then the other guy was just crazy assassin, kind of a, a serial killer type. You know, I mean, he really wanted to cut open the Autobots, want to kill them and stuff like that. And, I, and so when they were negotiating with the humans, she was like, hey, we come in peace, friend. And, so, and yeah. he goes, well, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what? What's going on? <laughs> they even put it like, yes, please, take, take, take us to your leader. <laughs> yeah, take us to your leader. And it's like that. So I actually... For the first time in the Michael Bay movie, I mean, in Transformers, I actually understood where the Decepticons are coming from, you know? They're fully formed, thought-out characters and stuff like that, which is unusual, again, for a Transformers movie, you know? So, so how hands-on was Michael Bay in this movie anyway? Huh? Because he's a producer in this movie. Yeah, he's a producer. So, were your hands off? <laughs> I don't see, I Hopefully. I mean, it well, must I mean, have. I mean, it's good. See, but he's not executive producer. He's producer. Oh, so, I mean, he's, he must he's, have had some kind of thing going. But is this one of those things where you go... Hey, Michael Bay, here's a million dollars. Why don't you, uh, why don't you, uh, get out of here? I don't know. Oh, I also also mentioned, you know, the rumor is Travis Knight is in line with, I mean, he's, he's rumored to be, uh, in the running for the Guardian of the Galaxy 3 director. And after this movie, I can see it. I can, somebody gave Marvel this movie in advance because the way he uses music is very James Gunn like. Oh, I love the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, of course, I love 80s, uh, songs. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, he's, the, he's using music the same way James Gunn uses music, where it's not just like the the, the soundtrack and stuff. Like that. The music that's being played in the scene with the characters is the music, you know what I mean, that they're listening to. There's a term for it. I forgot what it is. I think it's – I forgot what it's called. I forgot what it's called. Anyway, but yeah. So And also that he uses music to for character character development and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Again, that just, right. just doesn't set mood and all that. So it's establish a timeline, a, a time period. But yeah, but the way he uses music in this movie – Again, it, it's very James Gunn, Guardian of the Galaxy, like. So yeah, I can see why he he might be uh, he might be he might be doing the uh, Guardian of the Galaxy three. Yeah, I, I think there were multiple directors that were said to be doing Volume three for mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah, sure, I I I wouldn't mind seeing Travis Knight handle the part, but at the same time, I don't want him to completely hand off the next Bumblebee movie or whatever mm-hmm. the next Transformer movie to somebody else just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what else was there? I I liked it, the very end where. Uh, I think is this the first time where uh, Optimus Prime's original truck and uh, uh, and, and oddly enough, not the first time because Michael Bay did that in the last night. Did he find it? He did. He did. He did old school uh, truck. Oh, thank God for for Optimus Prime. Before, Why so soon? Why wait till the fifth movie? Yeah, saying. well, only for a brief yeah. time before he of course, yeah. upgraded again or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it was nice because I, I, I like a little kid. I was like, he's Optimus Prime. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah, I enjoy, what else was there? I Pamela Adam, the the, the wife, uh, the mother, great. I liked all. Yeah, all the actings were great. I liked the fact that the the uh, the story the, the they didn't force a, a love interest on uh, uh, Haley Seinfeld's uh, character. Oh, the boy, the the neighbor. Yeah, 
And well, I like, the like, fact, like she said, we're not quite there yet. Yeah, because because they're eighteen, because they're eighteen, because you know they're, they're they're young kids. No, no, but I mean that doesn't stop any other movie from doing it. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. what, that's what I mean. I, obviously, I obviously, her neighbor likes her. Yeah. Obviously, her neighbor wants to get in on with her, mm-hmm. but it's just that you know at the very end where where he's about to hold her hand, it's like no, no, we're not quite yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Because you know what they, what they've experienced is like just uh, like a alien invasion, life life Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like come on, it's like it makes sense to me. I like the fact that they didn't. Tack on a love interest just for the sake of speaking of making it. sense or or not making sense at all. Why the heck did she ask him for his shirt just to be a blindfold? Yeah, like like how what? <laughs> yeah, some some yeah. And, and no, that doesn't work in parallel to the fact that the uh, the other girl, the bitchy girl's uh, boyfriend, took his shirt off. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I didn't like the relationship uh, that, that came towards the beginning, right? I didn't like the relationship at the beginning, but they gradually, the two of them as a as a as a partners in crime and and him being her psychic, I, it grew on me as the movie went along. You, you know see, that I mean? made more sense. He yeah. is kind of like her psychic. Yeah, more than yeah. more than more than, uh, yeah. than uh, he's just like one, like, would, one could argue that it was really more Bumblebee and Charlie. Yeah, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. You're oh. the one that made the joke that this is like this is like oh. a shape of water. Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Why did I do that on this podcast? <laughs> it was you. I don't think so. But I, I, I like the I like the fact that they made the neighbor uh, a nerd, kind of a geek and stuff. I like his little joke where when they go into his room, he has all these hair care products and stuff like that. I said, oh, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's my sisters and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Hey, it's my sisters and stuff like that. Hey, it's good times. Yeah. It's a re- this is a really good movie. It's a really solid movie. I, if I had to give it a grade, I give it a, a good solid B, almost yeah. B plus and stuff like that. It's a good yeah. solid. Same, same here. Yeah. So, solid and B. It's the first time in in 10 years I'm actually, you mean? I'm, I'm interested in what they're going to do next. What's coming right. up? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I said earlier, it's like this is the first time you actually care about the characters in the movie. They're actually, not just Optimus Prime yeah. and Bumblebee. Yeah. They actually, they're actually, they're, there's some, there's, Human qualities I actually see in this Transformers movie. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's 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 a familiar story, but it's a very human story. What Charlie goes through in this movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? she, exp- she she the characters are like I said, it's, this humanity in, in this movie for the first time. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. I mean, yeah. the, the, you, you get we can poke on plot holes or whatnot. Like like how is how are they gonna get away with the fact that Bumblebee wrecked the inside of their house or yeah, you know there's all these little things yeah, that you could right. like poke holes at. Yeah. But it's irrelevant to the overall story. Yeah, my whole thing is if you were kind of critiquing, it's only it's it's not it's not it's just like it's a very familiar story. You know what I mean? Not nothing in this movie. Uh, nothing happens in this movie where you didn't you go oh wow. This this is came out left field. It's a very predictable story, you know what I mean? Uh, anybody familiar with Spielberg's early work in the eighties? Anybody who's seen Iron Giant? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah there's a lot of plot tropes and a lot of cliches, a lot of derivative yeah. stuff that happens yeah. in this movie. But the point is that it's a very entertaining movie. Yeah, and I think in the in the very end, that's all that really matters. It's mm-hmm. a very enjoyable, very entertaining movie. And uh, and inside, it's like I like the fact that the the family was redeemed at the end. You yeah. know, like they could have just kept it with the whole like, oh no, they're just bad for her or yeah. whatever but no, like the, they review oh, it speaking of the family I like the, the car chase at the, at the end where uh, the, the family gets involved the mother right, puts, right, right. holds up Dexter and says oh pull over stop you know what I mean yeah. and I like the fact that the at the very end the, the family support supported yeah. she goes like trust yeah. me and, yeah. and then they went ahead and, and yeah, helped her stuff. out it's all good and, stuff yeah, and, and, and the whole sequence where, where they had near misses of them getting hit by the car yeah. or whatever I thought that was kind of like a funny joke like yeah. the, like the literally cars will like stop inches from getting. Oh yeah, them. that's really good. <laughs> and I like the, the kid pukey at the end. That's a, that's a nice button. That's a nice button to close the scene on. That's really good stuff. The only my actually my biggest question is where do, in the sequel obviously this should be successful. where would they go over there? Yeah, because that's when they go run into 
the Michael Bay movies. You know what I mean? The mythology that he built over you know the first five movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, funny, funny you said that because when when that scene with the with the asteroids or mm-hmm. meteorites, whatever, mm-hmm. where clearly the Autobots are coming to Earth. Yeah, it, there's this little girl to my left that mm-hmm. goes like, "Oh yeah," and this is this is where it ties into the first movie. Yeah. So clearly, when they did this movie. Uh, Paramount probably told him, "Hey, try and tie it into the original movies as much as you can, mm-hmm. because maybe we'll just have it like that. Yeah. And then maybe if it's really successful, they'll just completely spin off and do mm-hmm. their own thing." Here's hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping they just retcon. I wanted to retcon the Michael yeah, Bay right, rec- retcon yeah. Michael Bay's movie out of the existence and stuff like yeah. that. But what, yeah, what's what, what the question that came up to me came up with me is like, oh, when the other Autobots arrive and stuff like that. Supposedly that takes place in what two thousand and two whatever. Well, in the Michael Bay movie, yeah, like ninety nine or something yeah. like that. Or 2000, and, yeah. But then it, the last scene is it, the last scene is Charlie driving off in, in right. Her, so in it's still eighties. Yeah. So so anyway. Although although everybody wants to rule the world happen, I believe in eighty nine. stop it with the music. And this oh, movie geez. was in the wrong year for yeah. that. All right, I, I know you're applying for Cinema Sins <laughs> to work there next week, but yeah, stop. stop. And, and I think another another team here in the movie I think is very important, considering the fact that we were saying that this movie is kind of also geared towards kid, is when Charlie realizes her her emo attitude mm-hmm. is actually not healthy for her. Mm-hmm. How she literally goes like, "I want to stop feeling like this," yeah, which I think is a very important lesson for a lot of kids, teenagers, mm-hmm. to to see in a movie, yeah. like, "Oh, I I." Completely relate with that, you yeah. know. It's that kind of a thing. I kind of like that they added it into the movie. Yeah, I also like the fact that the mom is not wrong in this movie in the sense that it, her husband died, her the father died, but it's tragic. But at some point, you you do have to move on, right? You, she's not wrong uh, by getting a boyfriend, and I like the fact that oh, just speaking of tropes that they avoided, they don't have the boyfriend who's a dick. You know what I mean? Right. The, right. the boyfriend is by all intents a good guy. He's a good person, stuff like that. He really wants to help her. And stuff like that. He wants to be part of this family and stuff like that. I think, I, I think that's really that's a nice bit of writing too. You know, what I, mean? I think that's yeah. I, th- I think they do with the brother. Yeah, you automatically assume oh he's gonna be a dick. Yeah, you know, but he redeemed himself at the end as well. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that once again Charlie realizes that like even at the end where yeah. Bumblebee had to leave and she goes I have to move on. Yeah, you know she finally understands it. It's it, these are these are stuff that you said like you said you will find in a Spielberg movie in the, yeah. in the eighties like like Travis Knights gets that. Yeah, apparently you should write. Movies and transform movies with heart and humanity. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting. It's a, it's, a, it's a devastating rebuttal to the Michael Bay movies. You know what I mean? It's just it's just dev- it's just throwing haymakers at, at Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. By, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I just want to mention one more thing about Michael Bay though. Though uh, Patrick Williams, uh, a YouTuber, uh, he did like a two part video essay up when he goes through Michael Bay's. Myth- uh, of filmography and stuff like that. It's really good. I, I recommend it to to everybody because he goes through every movie and he he actually takes Michael Bay very seriously. He thinks he should be viewed seriously as a tour. He should view uh his movies as uh, Michael Bay as a tour. But uh yeah. So yeah, it's it's interesting, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, my argument there is that Michael Bay as a filmmaker is good when you talk visually. Yeah. In terms, in the way he he does his, I haven't seen that video article. By you, way. Should, you should, but 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 the way he frames things and yes. the the way he understands cinematic, yeah. cinematic nesk or whatever yeah. you call that, right? He understands that Michael Bay is really good. This is a storytelling; it's not that yeah. great. He, it's a problem. I I actually agree with, with, with a lot of what, what what's in that video, and and it's a great video. But my my whole thing is like. Michael Bay should just be a cinematographer, or he just can. Yes, just, he, should, he should just be uh, what do you call it? He uh, direct commercial director. Yeah, well, he he started out commercials, just go back to doing commercials and stuff like that. The thing is, uh, what do you call it? He does has an incredible eye, and in the video, and I agree, he, the way he shoots 
uh, scenes and stuff like that. It's as as good as any you know the best cinematographer. It's just beautiful stuff. You can't you know nobody has an eye yeah, quite like Michael. For that. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, uh, over the course of a two hour movie, no, stop it. You know what I mean? Stop. Because over a two hour movie, you have to have pacing. You have to have story, character development, motivation. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. So, so in comparison, are there stuff like that in Bumblebee? Uh, you mean? Like uh, great cinematography. Great, you know what? Like, like, I will say this: there's no sh- single shot in Bumblebee as good as any random scene in any of the previous five Transformer movies. What do you think of that? You know what I mean? In terms of ter- totally visually, in, ter- in terms of just in- in- in producing an incredible shot, I don't think there's anything like that in Bumblebee. But you know what? It's a hundred times better movie than than right. than, 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 than Michael Bay Transformer because yeah. I don't go to see a movie. Just purely on the visuals, yeah. Like there's photography for that. You know what I mean? There's like you know what I mean? There's, there's, I don't know. There's a different art forms. I go well, go. I could look at a painting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So you know, I go to movies for the whole experience, not just visually. It has to tell a story through dialogue, through music, through sound. You know what I mean? Through acting and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, agreed. Okay. Agreed. And we both agreed that. For the first time, we're excited for more Transformers. Yes, I'm really interested. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do next? Because you know, hopefully they retcon my, uh, Michael Bay's yeah. uh, Alvin. Because I want to follow Charlie. I want to follow John Cena's character. Yeah, I, I want to see where they go from here. Yeah, do a minor. I think they do a minor time jump, like early '90s. You think? Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Follow the X Men kind of logic where each movie is a different decade. Yeah. They can, they can do three movies, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. But actually, Asia characters? <laughs> Not have, uh, what do you call it, Jean Grey look exactly the same from decade to decade. Anyway, anyway that's, that's the point. That's the point. But yeah, I would love it if they do a little time jump. This one was 87. I think if they jump into the mid-80s, uh, mid-90s, that'd be great. Yeah. Or if, yeah. Re- if, if Parma's really bold, have everything set in Cybertron. I, come on. Now. Pull it off, Paramount. Pull come it on. off. Well, if we dare to dream and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, my other question is, uh, do you give Travis Knight or the next director, do they do a smaller, more intimate Transformers like this one? Or did it's going to have to be a bigger, bombastic Transformers? Well, obviously, one? it's going to be bigger, right? But yeah. at the same time, I don't want them to do a Michael Bay big where yeah. everything, every movie is the, we've got to save the world kind yeah. of thing. Although this one does save the world kind of thing. Uh, but in small cases, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, what I want to try to do is try a different genre. Not not go fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Go with something else. I mean, Optimus Prime is obviously going to be the main, possibly the main character in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you make an Optimus Prime movie? Oh, that's interesting. Well, oh, what this... kind of genre would Optimus Prime be? Oh, so the next one would be Prime or just Optimus Prime. <laughs> Sirloin. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Think about that. Think about listeners. What genre would the Optimus Prime movie actually should be? Well, in this movie, they establish the fact that the, he's he the the Autobots are definitely in in, in uh, a rebellion, like a Star Wars type rebellion. In certain, so they would have to be like you know, I don't know what genre they, would they that can't be kill in? him off again though because they oh, they kind of already did it with Michael Bay, they kind of did it in the cartoons already. So they, I, think they off. I think we're done killing off Optimus Prime because you know they tried with Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, they killed him off so many times. You would think she's like he's like Jean Grey or something like that. You know what I mean? Holy cow! How many times are you gonna kill him off? Is yeah, it, bees usually die after a sting. I know. Good lord. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where Paramount goes with this. It's, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks Thumbs for up. listening. Uh, John, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. 
And it's Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. You can find me on my I Saw That Movie blog, on the Stuff and Junk show, on the Weekly Comics Strip, and thinkwhatworkswhy.com. If you want to leave a comment, send them over to Instagram, to Facebook, to our website itself. If you want to, leave a, if you want to send us an email, head over to, or head over, send them to whowhatworkswhy at gmail.com. If you want to show your support, head over to whowhatworkswhy.com slash support. And music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworkswhy.com. So you folks are listening to this uh, during Christmas. Uh, we are recording this early. But so, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas, folks. Happy holidays. Merry uh, Christmas. We also... We are we are also tossing a bunch of episodes in like one week. So during the same week, you're probably going to be listening to our review of Aquaman. My uh, man. <laughs> so there's that. And then previously, we had uh, Spider-Verse yes. last week. Last week, is that right? Sure. Sure. Coming up, should at some point, we'll do Mary Poppins, I guess. And also- no, we're not. I, I really want to do Voltron. Voltron the last season. Yeah, it's the last season of Voltron. And then, and then, and then, and then we're going to go and... Cap off our 200 episodes with with our year in review for uh, 2018 of our favorite movies of 2018. Panic 2. I'm calling it right now. Panic 2. That's not even a joke. Panic 2 is came out in 2017. That's uh, I'm using I, I'm using worldwide release. Here, I Dominic. don't worldwide. Live, I don't release. live in Great Britain. I live in America. We will save a section for movies that came out in the previous year. Make America great. <laughs> That would give you an option to add another movie from 2018. Right. And then to cap off the very end of this of the series of podcasts, uh, our toilet episode will be the uh, top 10 movies of Spoilers, Please, which is going to be part two. So if you want to listen to uh, part one, which is our 100th episode, listen to that and find out how we're going to cut out practically three-fourths of that list and toss in new ones into it. Most likely. We're not keeping Lego Batman, right? That's all I care about. We're not about. keeping Lego Batman. We're likely keeping uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. And then everything else is pretty much up for grabs in terms of whether they're going to stay or not. Fair I really enough. think so. But yeah, take a listen to that episode and train. But yeah, happy holidays, folks. And enjoy this all all this Porter's Please content until we say bye-bye and move on to the Stuff and Junk show. And this has been another episode of Porter's Please, which is part of the Who What Works My Network. You got the touch. You got the power.